Welcome to Y11 Audio, Ypsilanti's College Football Podcast. My name is Alex Alvarado. Thank you for listening. It is Monday. It is the morning. Mac football is upon us. Mac Media Day is tomorrow. Uh, I will be heading out that way shortly after I get done recorded. Honestly, if you're like one of the early listeners, you might be listening to this while I'm on the road. I'll be there tomorrow morning. We'll be there for a little bit. But Mac Media Day, it doesn't really last long. So I'm going to try to get some, you know, whatever opportunities I have to talk to coaches, players, etc. I'll make the most of it, of course. But just know that, you know, the the media attention that you might see out of the SEC Media Days and the media attention you might see stemming from Mac Media Days, eh. You know, Mac Media Day, it's essentially like two to three hours, and SEC Media Days, by comparison, is four days. So, you know. But thank you for listening. If you are into uh, getting more updates on Maction, on Mac Football, on Eastern Michigan specifically, uh, one, that's probably why you're here. Two, thank you. Uh, three, hey, just just go on and, and you know, sign up for uh, for some updates, you know. Subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to my newsletter, the Ypsilanti Eleven. Um, it really, really helps when you do that. Uh, if you know, if you kind of like it, but you know a friend that might love it a little bit more, hey, let them know because word of mouth is the best form of advertising. Uh, I will die on that hill. Um, also, if you really, really love what you hear, or just like really, really want to be like a good friend and a strong supporter, five star review. That's free to do. Thank you. Uh, since Media Day is tomorrow that also means predictions predictions for the final standings are going to be coming out uh they've pulled the media minus me don't ask uh and they've also pulled the coaches so they will have those final lists come out tomorrow uh, i've got mine i won't i'm gonna have to hold on to that until the end of the episode i've already kind of said my final standings predictions on mac football pod with caleb carter uh, that should be out if you are into uh, additional audio podcasts there. But um, I did change, I think, like one or two games after we hit and record. So you're about to hear some uh, some revised standings out of me. But these are my final ones. My final predictions are going to go up on this podcast once I say them. But since it's coming up, you're going to want to hear, oh, how is Eastern going to do? What's your expectations there? Blah, 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 blah. And, I, you know, I kind of have to, like, appease an audience, right? Because this is niche content. There's a couple ways I can go about it. Should I both sides this? Should I just, like, lean totally into the optimistic point of view, no matter how irrational, like, my points might be? Which way should I go with it? So the way I'm going to do this is before I get into my actual picks, I'm just going to give you the case for Eastern to win the MAC this year. So believe it if you want to. Uh, take it for what you will, but if Eastern's going to win its first MAC championship game in program history, here are the things that's going to have to go right. But these are also, you know, going to be said with some optimism. This is, you know, I I, I see it coming. You know, like this isn't BS. We have you know good players on this team. There's reason for the excitement. You know, it might be a long shot, but. Hey, a long shot's all we got, or whatever the quote, I don't know. Um, so, a few reasons why Eastern 
should or could or whatever win the Mac. So first and foremost, obviously it's it's a quarterback driven sport, especially on the way that this offense moves. A lot of it is relied on the quarterback just doing well, whether it be through the air or on the ground, the quarterback has to be the source of production. And Ben Bryant was productive, but the problem that Ben Bryant was, or the problem that he had last year, um, and I, I don't have like a whole bunch of like definitive stats in front of me, I just kind of have talking points, is that Ben Bryant wasn't too successful on the standard downs. He didn't win too many passing plays on the first first and 10 or, or second and 10. Um, the run game didn't really help him out on first downs either, so he was kind of forced into a lot of like third and long situations, sometimes by his own, you know, um, his own inaccuracies throwing on early downs, but uh, but I digress. Ben Bryant got a lot of yards, but only because he was able to make the most out of his third and long attempts uh, and strung together some pretty like tight wins. Like one of the games that really stood out to me is like, you know, yeah, it's a win, but really should not have come down to it. Uh, was the home win over Miami last year at thirteen to twelve? There's only one touchdown scored. Obviously, the rest was field goals. It's re- especially in a home game, crossover competition. That's not gonna bode the best, uh, especially with me. Um, and Miami's a team that really like was a possession away from winning the East last year. So if they had won the East. We're talking about this in a little bit of a different light, but not really if we're just gonna like spend more time with the box score um but that was a game where my where eastern should have been more offensive threatening and it just just wasn't uh, bryant only completed enough passes to get by miami needed a lot of like goodwill from the legs to uh to get that thing done so that sucked uh and when you rely too much on the quarterback, you run into problems where you lose to Ohio or we're attempting to throw 50 between less than 60 for sure. But it was over 50 passes in that game. Uh, still lost to an Ohio team that just was not all that good. And like you shouldn't be losing to non-threatening teams in crossover competition at home. That's just that's just the worst look like there's no. Uh, I don't know. It just leaves a really, really bad taste in your mouth. Uh, as it should, like, through the whole offseason. So hopefully those are two games where, you know, you kind of look at, you know, yeah, you're relying so much on the quarterback in those games, but, hey, man, those are East games at home that you should win, and you went 1-1 against them. You really should have gone 0-2. So this year, improved quarterback play, let's say Taylor Powell is does really, really well. He does so much better than what he's shown at Troy, does so much better than what he's shown at Missouri. And he just has the season of his life. He can play ahead of the chains. He can win those first downs and second downs and just keep keep third downs just totally out of the equation. So the productivity out of that room, obviously, Powell, it comes down to him just simply being a good quarterback, simply being on the field, simply being healthy, and just hitting his passes. You know, it doesn't matter if he's throwing it deep every time. If he can just, like, hit the intermediate throws and just stay consistent with that, and Eastern can gain ground, like, 7 yards at a time, 12 yards at a time, that's a good day. That'll be that'll build for plenty of good drives for Eastern. It's got plenty of weapons at wide receiver, 
and maybe even at running back if they can figure something out there, but also if they can get some of the new guys in space catching the balls. Maybe there's some, you know, some unlocked potential, you know, hiding away there. But especially at receiver, I who doesn't feel good about the receiving room right now? Dylan Drummond's pretty good. Like, he's got good hands. Maybe not the best yak guy. Doesn't have, like, the most yards after catch. But Tanner Canoe, he's still really excellent. Like, he's got great athleticism, makes tough catches. Hassan Badoon has a ton of speed. Really, really tough guy. Great hands as well. Not the biggest body in the world, but plays plays bigger than anybody, right? Uh, even backups, like uh, Zach Westmoreland at the time, the recruiting uh, of him was just really, really important for Eastern. They felt like they got a really, really good one when, you know, he joined the team. Now that he's in his... This will be his second year playing with them. Uh, you know, they're they're expecting some good things out of him. Hopefully he has some improvement too. Uh, maybe the other transfers who came in last year that really didn't play a whole lot, Ishan uh, Stewart and Dennis Smith, they're both from... Uh, Ishan, where are you from? Oregon State, and Dennis Smith came from Duke. Um, you know, hopefully they can be something too, but Eastern tends to have a good eye for receivers, so whoever they trot out there, I expect to have some sort of talent, right? Um, and, you know, new tight ends, though. Like, they have to replace Thomas Okoye, and they also have to replace Bryson Cannon, um, which are good mainstays out there, but, you know, Eastern, Eastern can find some guys. I'm pretty... Uh, pretty confident in saying that so yeah if the offense you know just like gets an uptick because of quarterback play I definitely feel good enough for Eastern to win their West games because this is a division where you have to win your West games this isn't a game or this isn't a game this isn't a division where you can really rely on cleaning up the East play like beat all your crossover games and then just win enough of the West you actually are better off just going six or five and zero rather in the West, and then dropping your East East games if you're going to have an honest chance at winning this division. Where I worry about Eastern is obviously you know on defense because they just have a lot of pieces that they assume are going to go right, and Eastern's defense does play well. They do play tight. They do play disciplined, and I have been enjoying see, but I have been enjoying this version of EMU defense over the past few years. And so it's enough for me to bank on in the, in the regard that when you show up to game day, you're going to see well-played football out of the defensive players. But I don't know if you're going to see the talent on that side of the ball that is required to you know, really stop some of the heavy hitters, especially in the run game, out of Toledo, out of NIU. Central Michigan has the best running back in the MAC that I've seen in a long time, probably since Kareem Hunt. You know, there's a lot of, and Western Michigan, of course, like they've got really, really good running backs too. They always have. Um, Ball State, they found a guy in Carson Steele. If Eastern cannot stop the run, I can't come up with a good enough reason for you to win the West or the MAC. Like, you have to stop the run defensively to win the West especially in this league. I, I, they ha- they definitely have the answers to put up points, like 30-some points, 40-some points in the West games. I feel confident in Eastern being able to get there um, as long as the quarterback plays there. But winning the games, winning those games where they're putting up 30, 40 points, should they get there? 
I don't know. It, it's that that part's going to be really hard. So the case for Eastern to win the West to win the MAC, they're going to have to stop those guys. Like the new linebackers that came in, Chase Klein, Joe Sparatio, they are going to have to be huge first year leaders for that defense and clean up so much more house than Eastern's D line was able to last year. Um, I know this year they're a little bit banged up heading into it. I know there was an injury from Micah Haney in the spring. We're going to have to see what the official word is on that uh, tomorrow at media day. Hey, oh, tune into me. But Eastern's defense is just going to have to hold up. There's a, of course, the pass game too. The you know the defensive backs are going to have to do their part. I actually kind of feel pretty good about that. I feel good about them. I'll get into them in a little bit. But up front, the front six, the four, the defensive line, the two linebackers, they're going to have to clean up. They're going to have to make some noise in the backfield, and they're going to have to stop running backs in their tracks and not let them cross that line of scrimmage, uh, at least not easily, because that that always just comes to be a huge issue. If a team can run effectively over Eastern and finish the game with six and a half rushing yards in that game, sayonara. That's, that, that's, all, that's all the teams really need. Uh, but like I said, the defensive backs, I, I do like the defensive back unit. Uh, they brought in some transfers, especially at corner. They brought in Josh Scott, who was in for the spring. Uh, I, I think Josh Scott's really, really good, and I am excited to watch a full season of him. Um, they also got uh, Kaelin Gulley, who was at one point, like, out of high school. He was an Iowa commit. Uh, ended up going the JUCO route out of high school. Now he's at Eastern as a really young recruit. Uh, sophomore eligibility, it looks like. I don't know how many years he has left, though. I think probably three or four. But the defensive backs, man, Neil Nethery has done a really good job for himself. Like, the safeties keep themselves accountable. They're deep. The veterans are experienced, and they do a good job of, you know, I guess passing down the torch for the younger guys. But the younger guys have been stepping up from what I've been hearing, what I've been told. So, and like, generally, I, I tend to like Eastern safeties. They do a pretty good job of finding good guys at that position over the years. So, um, in this four-two-five, like, they really want the defensive backs to shine. They There's a lot of opportunity for those guys to make some plays, especially when... You know, you got to stop the run on defense, sure, but this isn't a league that isn't shy on like opening things up, throwing the ball over the place, even if you're NIU. So, I, that that's definitely like an area for Eastern's team where I feel pretty comfortable in is defensive back, as long as they can like keep it up. But yeah, they they got some dogs out there. I, I love the way Eastern plays back there. Uh, they just really, really need to prove themselves in the front six, uh, just in the trenches in both ways, really. So why is Eastern going to win the MAC? Because improved quarterback play out of Powell is going to keep Eastern ahead of the chains and not throwing out of their heels every third down. Because the new kicking unit, I didn't really talk too much about that, but the new kicking unit without Chad Ryland now, hey, they're, they're, they, they can just figure things out. If they just score enough points and not have to force the kickers into field goal you know, situations and just like keep things close when they do, Hey, that'll be all right. You know, it's going to be hard to break in a new, you know, field goal kicker, especially when some of these guys haven't kicked in a college game at all. Um, so hopefully they get things figured out there. But we did see one of the one of the players, Jesus Gomez. He nailed like a God, a really deep, I think it was like a fifty yarder and like the heavy rain in the spring. So uh, is he able to be consistent with it? We don't know. 
But we did see that one kick that one time. Quarterback play improves. Field goal kicking is insanely good for whatever reason. Uh, there's just too much juice at wide receiver and defensive back not to. If the defensive front six picks it up, and one more thing I didn't say, if the offensive line just holds it together. If the offensive line just gives Powell, and I'm not expecting the O-line to play like super out of their mind and like be one of the max best. I'm just not. But if they can give Powell enough time to make good decisions, I think there's enough speed and talent at receiver to get themselves open and give Powell a good time and let him distribute the ball the way he needs to. If the offensive line can just do their part, this this offense can get clicking. But you do all those, hey, Eastern's going to win the MAC. I, I promise you. But uh, now, how how confident do I actually feel in all that? I think Emi is going to take advantage of a lot of teams sleeping this year. I think there's not a lot on paper to like really buy into Eastern, and I get that. But I also think that Eastern's at a good enough place, coaching-wise, culturally, talent-wise, where, hey, Eastern can keep up with the West, right? It was at a point where these keep-up periods would only come in cycles, but now I think Eastern's consistently in it enough to where I think that you can just expect, hey, if one player is actually like really overperforming and that player I'm talking about is the quarterback, then yeah, then the MAC title race is like a serious thing for Eastern Michigan. And to wrap things up, I'm just going to quickly go over my picks for the Mid-American Conference uh, this year. Uh, what I did, I I went game by game just in MAC season. I didn't really do the non-conference games, obviously, because you don't need them. Uh, did this in-season games only just pick the winners and just kind of all right those are my final standings and I did a couple tweaks to them after I recorded Mac Football Pod last night um, but it didn't really affect my standings all too much just like a couple games uh, to sum it up in the east I have Miami winning it at six and two Akron coming in at second at three and five and then a four-way tie for third place. Uh, Buffalo, Bowling Green, Kent State, and Ohio all at two and six. Yeah, I, I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said Kent State. I'm definitely the big hater here. And in the West, I have NIU running away eight and zero in the MAC. A four-way tie for second place. What is up with these four-way ties? It's just it's such a cop out. Um, Central, Eastern, Western and Toledo all five and three with Ball State finishing sixth in the West at three and five. Um, the West is definitely going to be a really fun race. You have returning quarterbacks uh, at NIU with, with uh, Rocky Lombardi. You got Toledo's quarterback coming back with Daquan Finn, and you got Central Michigan's quarterback coming back with uh, Daniel Richardson. Um, of all those, obviously the first two I said I like a lot. Daniel Richardson, who really knows? I mean... He definitely played better last year, definitely better than his first year playing. Um, so I mean, I'm definitely interested. I'm definitely interested in what Central has to sell this year, um, especially when they have the best offensive player in the MAC to hand off to right behind them. But Central does lose their uh, two key offensive linemen. But they got – and the one thing that I got to point off for Central 
I don't want to dog on them too much because they are the rival, but they really did lose a lot defensively, like a lot more than usual. If they lost like three guys, it'd be one thing, but they lost like six of their eight top tacklers from last year. Uh, some of them hit the transfer portal and ended up in the SEC. So it's just, it's really, really hard to like do the next man up when you're doing a whole unit, essentially. Uh, Western Toledo, you know, they're across this division there was no coaching change and like the east obviously there was only the one with Akron so in the west I don't like you don't have to worry about a new team new system new whatever you know there's just a lot of familiarity returning in this west and I do like that uh, and I think that's going to add to the competition level and that kind of speaks to why I have so many teams muddled up at five and three um one of them being Eastern. I know that feels like the home pick. I get it. Um, but Eastern, I I have Eastern beating Buffalo, Western, Akron, Kent, and Toledo. Uh, I have them losing to Central. I have them losing to Ball State, of course. And I also have them losing, of course, to NIU, who I have going 8-0 this year. Um, it'd be nice if Eastern just cleaned up and won out the East play instead of losing dumb games like they shouldn't, you know, Ohio, like I said earlier. Um, that'd be nice. I'm going for the three, the three-peat against Western. Uh, Toledo, two. I'm being the homer and picking Eastern over uh, the Rockets at home. But yeah, to win the West, I do have NIU. I do have them going 8-0. and um, Obviously, I like the quarterback coming back. I think they got good receivers coming back. It's, you know, they really, really impressed his uh, I'm, I'm talking about Rudolph here, like really impressed as a freshman. That was just a couple years ago. Uh, now that he's grown, I would love to see more out of him. Um, it's going to suck for them to play without Clint Rakovich, but I think NIU is still going to be at a good spot. I think defensively, they're at a really great spot, honestly. They've really grown up, and they were already doing kind of well for themselves as youngsters in 2020. Now that they've kind of grown up more and they've added a couple more transfers at a few spots, it's yeah, it's gonna get really nasty for everybody that, that wants to play at NIU. I'm not not looking forward to it. Uh in the East, like I said, not too many coaching changes. The one that stands out to me is Joe Moorhead at Akron, and that matters to me a lot. I think Akron's gonna be super, super well coached this year, like proven to be very well coached. Um not I'm not just like buying stock like I had to First-time head coach Mo Linquist, first-time head coach Sean Lewis, first-time head coach Scott Loeffler. Uh, Joe Moorhead has done this before at a high level, and he really does not have to be at Akron. I don't know how many P5 coordinators end up head coaching at the MAC. Uh, God, man. There's Frank Solich, but, you know, I mean, whatever happened to him? Oh, yeah. Akron, I... I'm hoping, I'm just really hoping that they do really, really well for themselves. And three and five in the MAC, that'd be really well. Um, but they're not going to do better than Miami. They could beat Miami and make that a spoiler game, but I don't think uh, Akron's built to win a division like Miami is right now. Uh, of course, they have the returning quarterback in Brett Gabbert, who was in the uh, MAC freshman of the year in 2019, led the team to Detroit and beat Central Michigan in the title game. Um, now that he's had more time in the system, now that he's had more time to hang out with his receivers, Matt Kippenheimer should be a really good target for him. Jack Coldiron, 
they should be pretty set there. And defensively, you just can kind of assume that they're going to be very well coached. I think they're going to be missing some talent. Um, like Lonnie Phelps is one that stands out to me. He went to Kansas. But still, you can assume that Miami is going to be well coached on defense. Uh, maybe it might not be the most talented team out there, but in this division, I definitely think it's defense could be one of the more, yeah, one of the more talented units is the Miami defense in the MAC East for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean Miami's just got a lot going for them, and I don't see why I would want to pick against them. Um, plus, if I wanted to pick against them, who else would I pick? I'd be buying into Akron, but. You know, I can't do that too hard. Bowling Green, I don't trust you too much. Buffalo, I don't trust too much. The one thing I was told about Maurice Lindquist that he'd be really good at is recruiting. Um, on the field, I don't 100% know what to buy into because last year was just kind of meh. And this year, you know, as a recruiter for the 2023 cycle, we're, you know, into July. And he, last time I checked, doesn't have a commit to his team yet. I don't know. Kent State is the one team that I'm hating on, but I just, I don't know. I, something about this program just tells me that it's ready to fall, and it's it plays fast enough and is talented enough to where it should, you know, really get by in the East and not only get by, but, like, get by with a winning record in the East. However, I just choose to not buy into it because... Kent State also hasn't really learned to step up and play defense at all. And if Kent State can't play defense, I think it could find itself into a lot of issues that, you know, like like, like Texas Tech is one of those teams where it figured out a way to culturally, like, drum up a lot of points with repetition very quickly over and over and over through the years. Uh, but it also learned to, like, lose pretty hard, too, and, like, have some really bad seasons by committing to it. Uh, Kent State can't stay in the winning side of things forever. And so if like Miami runs through them, if Akron is actually just better than them from the jump, um, and if some of these other teams in the East end up improving past Kent State just like a little bit, especially in the physicality department, I don't know. I, I could see Kent State just like only scoring like three, maybe four touchdowns a game and not do its end of the job or not do a good enough job on defense to win enough games. Uh, Ohio, just not enough talent. Just not enough talent. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Curtis Rourke, but I don't know. We just, we just got to see more. Uh, I will just remain patient and wait to see if, uh, I don't know. Like, the, the way that Ohio played at the second half of last year was pretty inspiring but I don't know how much of it is just going to roll over into the start of the new year uh, to be determined but that's just going to do it for me I'm going to have another episode uh, after Mac Media Day I'll probably do it tomorrow if not I'll do it early Wednesday but probably tomorrow um, yeah just stay tuned to the newsletter follow along on this podcast uh, wherever you get podcasts obviously you you know how to get podcasts. This is 2022. I don't have to teach you how to do this. Uh, but it is on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. Uh, what's another one? It's probably on that too. But yeah, thank you for listening to uh, to this episode of Y11 Audio. It's, again, this is Ypsilanti's College Football Podcast. 
Uh, please follow and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Uh, throw a five-star review because it's free and it'd be a huge, huge help for me. Uh, this is an indie news sports outlet. Um, it's going to be growing, so the the better traction this thing gets early while it's still free. Uh, hey, please, please, please help me out. Um, sign up to newsletter updates at ipsilane11.substack.com. Uh, of course, I'm working on just media day recaps, you know, just getting ready for it, more or less. I can't really write anything that's said because I don't know what they're saying yet. Just got to just gotta wait and get all that going. So, uh, so also, if you know somebody who might be into this podcast or my newsletter, let them know, please. Like, like I said, uh, word of mouth advertising is king, especially for a niche sports following that this is supposed to have. All right, that'll do it for me. Thank you for listening.